This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Kim Grinolds of Dogman.com with Chris Fatter. Scott Eklund, it is day 11. Day 11. Day 11 of fall camp 2021. Practice today was inside Husky Stadium. Cool overcast day today. You know, temperatures in the, you know, mid-60s. So, you know, the weather's definitely turned. I think we've got the hot weather days behind us. We might see mid to high 70s in the next couple of days. But I think those 90-day degree days are behind us. But practice out on Husky Stadium. A lot of scrimmaging today, and I think it's fair to say the defense won the day, Chris. Yep, and there'll be a Pacchini tomorrow. Uh, Wednesday, so it's just one of those things where this is the last one that we get for two days for the media, and so that's yeah. Tell me what stood out to you today on the defensive side of the ball. I, I don't know. I think Covington he won he won the freeze out with the pick at the end against Sam Eward, so that was that really stood out. I thought. Um, and that pick, by the way, was on fourth down. So, are we talking about the, Are we talking about the final drill, or are we talking about just the defense? Well, let's go ahead and talk about the defense today. Okay. Well. Yeah, Covington obviously stood out. Um, you know, you've got a lot of guys out, so, I mean, other guys are filling in. You've got Ben Hines that was filling in for Daniel Haymuli. Um, you know, it's there's a lot of walking wounded out there right now, but some guys are stepping up and making plays. Um, it, there's still obviously very much a competition in the outside linebacker room. Um, Braylon Trice has really stepped up, I think, in the last few days. He's been paired with Ryan Bowman. You've got uh, Cooper McDonald and Savelle Smalls have been uh, there as well, doing a nice job. And then, uh, but obviously, I think the, the the inside linebackers with Ulafosio and Sermon have really stepped up and done a, a heck of a job. The, the big concern is the depth behind them, and we can talk about that in a little bit. But I mean, those guys are playing really, really well. I thought MJ Tafisi had a pretty good practice today. The the whole interior, there wasn't a lot of running up the middle. If they got, if the running game got anything, it was usually off the edge or maybe an off-tackle run, um, more than a up-the-middle kind of thing. So um, Yeah, and they, Thule got it. And when they did yeah. try to stretch some things out, I think Thule got a, a tackle for loss yep. on one of those yep. runs as well. So the interior is doing a great job. I mean, we saw some jumbo packages in that red zone freeze-out at the very end where they were running all four of their most experienced defensive linemen in there. So you've got Thule Taki, you got Bandis, you got Tuatele. I mean, all those guys were running in there and really gumming up the works. I didn't notice Trent McDuffie much yesterday, and I didn't notice him much today. Was he out there again today? Or? I, yeah, definitely was. was. At the very, very end, he was running with the ones. ones. But yeah. they've also been really trying to get Covington some reps at the ones. I think I don't remember if Mish Powell was getting some reps at the ones. It's pretty much been Kyler Gordon with the runs on that one side. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've really been running Covington a lot out there as well um, if they're not playing McDuffie. But there's no doubt in that in that final freeze out. I mean, McDuffie was definitely running with the ones. And keep in mind, you know, when we had spring ball, we didn't see a lot of Trent McDuffie out there. And Jimmy addressed that, just saying we know what he can do. Yeah, well, he didn't play at all in any of the team sessions in the spring. Yeah. So, 
but he's been out there for a lot of the ones this in fall camp. But today, he kind of, the last two days, he's kind of gave way to the yeah. other guys. Yeah, I mean, each, you know, they're, the physiology nowadays and the, the, the equipment and the technology that they can use to, the, like, basically determine load for a player in terms of, you know, they always wear those little um, kind of bra-type things mm. over the top of Sensors. their normal stuff. Yeah, but it senses everything. It's like the things that are in your eye watch that do your health stuff. They can, they can track all of that stuff. So they can track load, and, and maybe they're trying to keep... McDuffie's load down uh, as much as they can until the season starts, while maybe others need it to, to get up to football speed. I don't think they're trying to keep his load down. I think they're trying to increase no, but I mean, Kobe Covington. But we're all tra- but we're all trying to. It's just a guess. I mean, yeah. we don't know. I mean, they don't tell us. You know, if we ask why Trent McDuffie isn't, they'll tell us. It's because they probably want What's to get the other benefit guys involved. Of Trent McDuffie not playing. There's it's twofold. He doesn't get injured, and I say not playing, but not getting reps in the full contact team stuff. Is he doesn't get injured, and Jacoby Covington, Mish Powell, they get they get reps, and right. that's key. And I think it's pretty obvious when we talk to Jimmy Lake or any or Will Harris, when we talk to those guys, I think it's pretty apparent that they see Jacoby Covington as a special type player um, looking to step up. I think that they probably that, you know they think of him in the same terms as a Trent McDuffie, a Ty, Tyler Gordon. Or uh, a Byron Murphy. I think they think they've got something truly special in him. Obviously, McDuffie and Gordon are the first two, and then he's probably the next one off the bench right now. If they go into like a three corner set, like if they want to use an extra corner instead of like the nickel or whatever they want to do, a different safety or what have you. So, yeah, there's no question right now that Covington is doing a lot. And let's also remind people that he's doing a lot of this one handed because he's got a big club on one of his hand on his left hand. Yeah, he had a pick. Yeah, he had to a pick. end practice with only one hand, and it wasn't close to the line of scrimmage. He was down the field, but I mean, it, and he threw it where you have to, he could just cradle. But he it. has to yeah. basket it. He yeah. can't. He can't go out and put his hands out like you would normally be taught. And the thing that's great about Covington is he can also play safety. Yep, he can. Yeah, so. did a lot of that during the spring. Dylan Morris uh, again. I think he looked really sharp today. Yeah, in front of his dad. <laughs> his yeah. dad was up in the stands. He does. His dad does not get to come to a lot of practices, so he got to do it today. And and, and his dad's not a helicopter. No, quarterback dad. not at all. If if you're talking about quarterback dads, and a ten <coughs> is is um is like uh, Tate Mer- Martell's dad, and a one is. I mean, he's a one on, on that scale. Just. Um, staying away, just keep stays it away, pressure. just lets his kid do his thing and and watches how things go. But um, you know his, you know Dylan, he was okay at the beginning of practice. I didn't see any egregious errors on his part or bad throws, but I also didn't see a lot of special plays either. And then he comes out with that last team session with the ones where did they put it at the thirty five or thirty twenty five? Maybe twenty five. Twenty five. Yeah. yeah. So they put it at the twenty five. They get a run from Richard Newton. Uh, next play, he to for to set up second and short. Uh, he runs to his right. He rolls to his right and finds Bynum in a little soft spot. Gets first down. First play to Otten. Man, that was a dart to Otten right over the outstretched arm of uh, Bookie and gets a touchdown. And I mean, the offense all cheered. People in the stands all cheered. It was just a really nice play. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say because if 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 that's Fabi Kalana instead of Bookie. 
Maybe he throws does he it get a little. A, does he get a hand on it? Maybe he throws it a little higher. Who yeah. knows? Yeah, it's hard to say. But he definitely, he definitely took advantage. It isn't like Bookie can't jump. But it, it was also guy. thrown in a way, like you said, that only Otten could get it. There's no mm-hmm. doubt because he had to jump to go get it. But yeah, there was only one guy that was going to go get it. Yeah. Patrick O'Brien, just another ho hum day. I mean, no turnovers. I mean, he doesn't. He's just kind of doesn't do anything to really electrify you or yep. really stand out. He's just kind of steady out there at times. Yep. But not other than that, doing a whole lot. And uh, you know, Sam had an okay day. He threw the pick, but keep in mind that was a fourth down. It was fourth and he long. He had to throw well, it. Was fourth down, and then it should have been five yards less on the play because Mateo Mele was. The fall started, so they they kept it back. Was and, it was fourth and fifteen. It was fourth and no, it was fourth and five, oh. and then the Mateo Melee fall start. Oh, so it's fourth. Made and it fourth yeah. and ten, but it was like, yeah. I mean, at that point, you're up against the wall. You've only you, you might as well take a shot. Yeah, you know, and throwing against a dime package as well. So, uh, you know, tough to complete those. But uh, you know, just a few of the updates. You know, um, Daniel Hamuli was there today. Um, doesn't look like it's as serious as we first thought. Yeah. He, he did have a sleeve on his leg, and he wasn't moving around a lot. But, I mean, if it was a serious injury, I doubt he would have even been out there. Yeah. So, um, good news on that front. Um, we did not see Jalen McMillan. And, uh, we'll see what happens yeah, there. see what happens there. But. Um, and other than that, the normal suspects with... You know, gone with the the new guy I saw that wasn't working out was Milton Hopkins. He was on yeah, the that was yesterday. If I oh, remember okay. correctly, okay. I think I, I think he was doing some conditioning as well. But okay. you're right. That's that's a fairly recent one because he did a bunch of stuff at Memorial Stadium just a few days ago, including so, singing, including singing. His voice is okay, and I don't I don't know who did bow down to Washington because we were already in the tunnel. So yeah. sorry, sorry if I didn't get that update. For yeah, you. but other than that, just the normal suspects. Nobody really back. Um, who, who was well? Back? Caleb, Caleb Berry was in was in yeah. pads, but I didn't see him do a ton. Um, same for Elijah Jackson. So both twenty fives, uh, they were there. They were in pads, and but you, they didn't do much. And then what I thought was odd, and we didn't. Maybe we should have asked Jimmy about this, but all the kicks in the final uh, freeze yeah. out were all done by Tim Horn. Peyton Henry was there. He didn't kick, and he and he was kicking during the, you know, the kickers always go into the other into the or into the east field when yeah. when they're on. So the I don't know if so. he's just if that was just a, a showcase for him to see what he could do. Mm-hmm. He made two out of the three kicks at the end, but he missed one, hit the left upright yeah. on the last one that he tried. But you know, for instance, you know, we, I mean, there's all sorts of guys that are trying out for spots right now, and I don't know if we want to talk about the offense yet or not, but. Well, I just want to just talk about Jimmy's policy and talking about injuries where it gets a little, we're a little on edge talking about some of them. Jimmy said if we didn't report on injuries and who was there and who wasn't there, he would open up everything to all of us. You know, and he was asked about injuries today. It was the first question out of a guy's mouth. And, you know, Jimmy says, you know, I don't talk about injuries, so don't waste questions ask me about them because I'm not going mm-hmm. to address it and to be honest him not addressing injuries and just having a flat policy not talking about them whatsoever unless they're a long-term thing I don't have an issue well, with but let's be clear for the people that don't necessarily have followed this or yeah. are new to it and listening to, to what we're doing for the first time Jimmy Lake's policy is no different than Chris Peterson's no. policy was if it's a significant long-term injury like Zion, Tupola Fatui, for instance, who was going to be out for weeks, if not months. He will talk about that. Because there was, at the time he got hurt in the spring, 
there was a good chance he would be out for the entire season. Well, obviously that's been changed since, and the update and the prognosis is a lot, lot better. But, you know, Chris Peterson talked about that stuff. If it was a season ender, he'd talk about it. Right. And it also got it from a little – I mean, I used to get frustrated with Sark because he would talk about injuries. And if we only had Sark for 15 minutes, it seemed like 12 of it was just talking about injuries. And, you know, he'd explain a little and they'd, you know, which ankle is it, which bone is it, and just keep on, on and on and on. And it was, every time we got the coach, it was just talking about injuries. And you can see when Pete Carroll starts talking about injuries, how frustrated he gets dealing with it. So I don't have a problem with him saying I'm just not talking about it unless it's long term. But there again, when we're mentioning certain guys and writing about it, we're really going up against the edge there. But here's the here's the rub of it, and this is how people should really distill all of this talk. The fact is, Jimmy Lake did not talk about anybody's injury today. So that means he, they must feel, or the trainers must feel, or the coaches must feel, that all of the guys that were banged up yesterday are going to be available at some point. And, and maybe some of them are sooner rather than later. Like Noah Ngalu, for instance. He got banged up at the very end of practice yesterday. He was back in full pass today, no worries. So you just you just never know. you got to take it day by day. Um, obviously, the stuff that we saw with Haymuli, it didn't look great when you have people taking him off, um, you know, in terms of helping him off. Um, he was putting weight on both of his feet, but it didn't look great because um, we can only go by what we observe. And the fact that he was out there with a brace, and like you said, Scott, he was he, he, that's a hell of a lot better than him what not being out there like, at all. What it looked Who, like. Yeah. Who, hate, who hates the injury questions more, Coach Pete or Coach Lake? Well, Coach, I think it's it's equal. I don't know if you could say one hates it more than the other. They both have the same policy. Yeah, so. and but I mean, you can see the look on their face. They're just like, guys, we're not going to talk about it. I think so. I think uh, Coach Pete bristled a little bit more at the questions. Jimmy's just, I'm not talking about it. I'm yeah. just not. Well, so. and that's the thing. I don't I don't know how much Jimmy just because I think at least with Chris Peterson, in my opinion. Originally, I took it as he just didn't want to talk about it because it could be used against them as a competitive advantage. And maybe there's a part of that with Jimmy. I don't see it maybe as much. But, you know, for instance, when Jimmy talks about Dylan Morris being the starting quarterback flat out, well, a lot of coaches would want to keep that under wraps until the first week, even if all signs point to a certain guy being the number one guy. Mm -hmm. So you just, you know, I don't know if Jimmy Lake sees it as much of that, but that's what I took it from in terms of Coach Pete. Scott, were you a little amused at his answer when I asked him if they really got any intel about Michigan from Bookie? That, the funny thing was, not Bookie, uh, Giles John, Jackson. Yeah. Giles Jackson. And, and he's just like, yeah, um, when we had a guy, we were playing the New Orleans Saints when we were at Tampa Bay. We brought in the quarterback. We thought we were going to get all this intel, and the guy had absolutely no clue <laughs> what what we were asking. He said he was the, that was the funny part about the the, the back and forth though. The back just, and forth was he didn't know what Kim was even asking. Yeah, yeah. he thought you were talking because you your started lead up, about your lead up was all oh, yeah, just guys bringing in intel from different teams. But um, yeah, he just says it's amazing how little players know. Yeah, you know they're football <laughs> again. Well, not how much football. they know, but how much they remember. Oh yeah, it's, you know it's like if you well, regurgitate the, stuff. I guarantee you, six is, months later, you're never going to remember. But the thing, the other thing is too: do the players <coughs> completely understand the concepts that the that the coaches are trying to get 
through to them. Yeah. Do they even understand that? They're bringing in a quarterback, and the quarterback doesn't know. Yeah. The quarterback doesn't know that, which I found. No, uh, it's like it, it's like the old scene back in the in the program with the who was the middle linebacker, where it's like they're giving him formations. Oh, and I he's know. Like, yeah. He's like, kill the quarterback, kill the running back, kill everybody. Yeah. It's like that's all they they all they know is they hear the call and they know exactly what to do. They don't really know what in the grand scheme of things what it's all about. It's yeah. just they know their very, very tiny role, and it's only as good as, you know, it's like having a shelf life. The team heads to Pop Keeney for a closed practice tomorrow, practice scrimmage, whatever you want to call it. No media availability. I think Thursday is a complete off day. Mm-hmm. Uh, Friday is a practice? Probably. Well, yeah, it'll, it'll probably be just a... It'll probably just be a pads and shorts day because they'll be they'll I'm sure they'll scrimmage on Saturday. Yeah. No media availability. Then Saturday is the fan event. We'll have so more information. So today was the last real bit. media availability. Yeah. Until Sunday when Saturday. Oh, Saturday after press. Okay, yeah. but on Sunday we're still able to do media stuff. It we won't we just won't have we're not yeah. practice, practice us seeing practices. Saturday is the last one. Saturday is the last one. So. That was the last one for everybody, media and and uh, and the fans. James Smith no longer a part of the team, um, and he went into more depth. He didn't go into a lot of depth, but he said more than I anticipated, saying he's dealing with some personal and family issues, and he's no longer a part of the team. But and he also said that they were going to support him in anything yeah. that he needed them to do. So and nobody asked a follow up question, and maybe I should have, but I I was going to ask the question that we asked after. Uh, uh, what's his face? Well, we got Will Latu and Mickey Ayu. Is there a door open for him to return, or is this a complete? Sure sounds. Shot? I mean, so. it, the wording was interesting, but it didn't. Yeah. It wasn't. It didn't deviate so far that it was different than what he said about Latu and Ayu. Yeah, I would have to think that the door is open for him because yeah. if if it was something, yeah, because he said family issues, he said personal issues, and he's you know we're supporting him and we're we're praying for him and all that. But yet he won't be around, yeah. So or he won't be a part of the team. So it's just it's it's slightly ambiguous, but at the same time, it certainly doesn't feel like it was a bad deal. It sounds like he's just dealing with his own thing, and hopefully he'll get a chance to come back and and if he wants to. And sometimes personal issues are personal issues, and fans don't need to know what's going on in people's personal lives. Mm -hmm. You know, we just. We had a situation, you know, 10, 15 years ago, and the guy was dealing with, I mean, he left the team. It was for personal issues, and people were getting upset that we wouldn't tell. The was guy it? was, the guy was, no, don't, I don't even want to get into who it was, but he was definitely dealing with some serious mental, you know, and psychological issues. Well, it's and, out there. You know, and just, it's nobody's business. But that's already out there. That story's already been written if it's the same guy I'm thinking of. No, it's not. Okay. It's not, you know. So, um, I mean, sometimes it's just not, if, when they say personal and family, you just leave it. Yeah, life, life goes on for these guys. I think a lot of fans sometimes get the blinders on and think it's just football and school and their girlfriends and that's all that matters and that's all that's going on with them. But they have family members. Maybe they're dealing with health issues. Maybe they've got personal things they're dealing with and they need their support. You just never know. It could be one of a dozen things. Best wishes, you know. best wishes to James Smith, and hopefully he. When I was gets going to the University of Washington, my mom got sick with leukemia. Yeah. Nobody needed to know. I, granted, I wasn't in a position of these players, but I don't know if I would have been able to continue right. doing football stuff. If you put yourself in their moms. shoes yeah. right now, yeah. would you have been able to keep going? Well, yeah. a forty-year-old. 
puts himself in their shoes as a 40-year-old, not as 16, yeah, 17. Yeah, unfortunately they don't. And speaking of that, you know, Jimmy talked about decommitments, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know, and he was asked, you know, about the decommits, and, well, I mean, he just said, you know. No 16, names, he couldn't talk yeah, about Yeah, you names. can't, let's remind Six, people, he can't repeat. 16, 17-year-olds, but the news today that Ben Roberts, you know, defensive mm-hmm. tackle, is decommitted from University of Washington, opened up his recruitment, and everything points to him going to Oregon. Uh, I guess. Um, if it points to him going to Oregon, why wouldn't it just be him going to Oregon then right now? Yeah. We'll I mean, see. so I think, I'm not saying he, Oregon doesn't have a great shot to land him. I think they probably do. I mean, that, that only makes sense. But <clears throat> the kid the kid could have just decommitted from Washington and committed to Oregon if that was what was going to happen. That may still so happen. It might, And it may still happen. But Jimmy also said that, you know, we won't, none of the stories should be written right now until December on what this class is going to look like. Right. And, and. That's realistic. Yeah. And, and he's just like, it's 16 and 17 year olds. He, these kids aren't the first to decommit from schools and they're not the last that are going to decommit. And we're, and we're going to get guys that decommit from other schools. So. Said, and they already just, have. And, and they already have. And people are getting so sick of me talking about it. But between last year's class and this year's class, we've never seen anything like this where mm-hmm. they're getting commitments. You know, I mean, their evaluations are basically based upon what guys are doing at camps without pads. And in sophomore film. Right. You know, and that's why I keep on saying there are going to be guys right now that are highly rated that three games into their high school season – their stock is going to plummet. Mm-hmm. You're going to have guys that nobody's ever heard of. That stock is going to fly through the roof after three games mm-hmm. because we, you know, so many teams just haven't been playing football. So the evaluation process, in my opinion, has been so flawed. It's so difficult. We'll dive into it more. I'm sure, you know, we'll be on the phones today and just get a little bit more information. But everybody, just take a deep breath. You know, it's just not what happened. It's how, you know, react to it. Four and, months. Yeah. yeah I mean, Four to, months. Just to, to make sure people understand, Jimmy Lake said it. It's until it's until the, until the letter of intent is signed, sealed, delivered. It's fair game and all the way then, around. And even then, it still can change. Yeah, you guys, <laughs> even then. We're, we're well beyond the sweet spot of 10 to 12 minutes. Yeah, I know. And that's okay. good. And the thing is, what people need to know is I, I will break be, it up. If we I will to. be talking to Brandon Huffman at some point here in the next 24 to 48 hours and should have something up for you guys on Thursday morning and we will be getting into the, the Ben Roberts I was going to say stuff. the timing of this couldn't be better. Yeah. All right, let's wrap it up. Anything real quick, Scott? Uh, no, thought it was a nice back and forth. The defense did win the day, but I thought the offense still made some plays and that were interesting. Um, liked what I saw out there. Um, I'm going to enjoy these next two days just to kind of Chill for a little bit, and then thir- then Friday, Saturday. Quickly, Chris. Yeah, just uh, I th- I think the special situations that Coach Lake puts the the team in, and not kind of knowing when in practice they're going to happen, I think really kind of adds a little bit extra edge to things, especially in a full pads practice. But so today, not only did they practice going in to, for to score touchdowns, but they also worked on trying to get out of the end zone, which I thought was really interesting as well. And some more four minute drills. I thought overall. All these special situations, I'm going to be very curious to see how they play out when it when the season actually comes because it's those sudden change moments 
those those types of, of things that you can't necessarily account for in practice are the exact things they're trying to practice for. We'll see how it works out. Just wrapping it up, the Montlake Bridge being closed sucks, and it will open back up the day before the opening game. Does but... anyone actually believe that's true? Oh, God, it's making... I mean, it's just... It's I mean, I'm loving it. I, I got no issues at all. <laughs> I, I cannot imagine what that's going to well, be like it, if it's still it closed. But when the state comes in and does work on something, it ain't good. does it ever get done on time? It ain't good what we're having to go through. I mean, it really just makes it's not fun. Different. But the Ballardites have no problems with this. Ah, shut up. Yeah, and just a reminder for those who are not subscribers, we've got our biggest promotion of the year going right now: seventy-five percent off for a year. So, um, I mean, if you're not a subscriber, no better time than right now to subscribe. Lots of stuff going on out there, and I say this often. If you're just looking at what's on the front page, that ain't where the good stuff is. It's on the hardcore football, hardcore recruiting, and hardcore basketball board. That's where you'll find the good stuff. I thought this was the good stuff. There's still stuff. Well, we, we say stuff here that we won't say on the boards. I think that's true, 100%. Yeah, it's a it's amazing how much what of what we say is copy and pasted and put elsewhere. I just hope I, I hope I never hear that there was a story of someone who got so wired and freaked out by something we had said in a podcast, like during a commute that they had like wrecked their car. I don't want that to. I don't ever, if it happens. I don't want to know about it. I don't want to know anything about it. Still, the best one was Tyrone Willingham's final Apple Cup game that we did in the car. That was a good one. Oh, you're talking about going back to Spokane in the blizzard? No, when I dropped the F-bomb because I was so pissed off. Oh, well, that could have been that. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, we'll be back at it again on Friday. Yes. All right. Absolutely. All right. For all of us at Dogman.com, I'm Kim Grinnells along with Chris Fetters and Scott Eklund. Go dogs. <laughs>